I'm Pam. I'm Dawn. I'm Deidre. I'm Dina. Welcome, Welcome to Ozark's Haints and Hoosh. Hoosh. This ain't no fancy academic check your references kind of deal. This is four girls from the Ozarks sipping and spewing about Haints, Hooch, and history. And just so you know, we're doing things a little bit differently. I'm Deidre, and I will be your host this time. Um, we are each going to tell you at least one, possibly two scary things that have happened to us in the past. And uh, Pam is going to share a hooch recipe. Um, and so uh, I also want to uh, do a little bit of housekeeping here while we um, have your attention. So um, be I'm sure. I'm keeping the music going for your housekeeping. Thank you very much. <laughs> Social media, please check out our Facebook and Instagram. Just a reminder that we are sorry for any dogs or cats or mowing or husbands or kids. We are four women in on four different Wi-Fi's in three different states, et cetera, et cetera. Occasionally you're gonna hear a glitch or a frozen whatever, but we're doing our best to make it professional right we also right. want you yes thank you we also want you to subscribe wherever you listen to us and make sure you give us five stars i mean you can give us four but really we want five and then um just a reminder that we release our podcasts on the first and the 15th of every month so there you yes. go that was very spooky dawn thank you very much yeah. does that mean i have I like to turn it. it off i just want to know what time it was it says haunted town creepy ambiance and i swear that freaking thing bonged like 27 times <laughs> i didn't count the bongs okay did you say why did you say why there's special music oh damn i Sorry. said it was our special halloween episode oh, okay. were you not listening no i was listening to the music uh -huh. Sorry. There you go. All right. All right. So here we go with Pam's um, uh, hooch for this evening. <laughs> this is a wicked brew, boys and girls. It is a warm honey bourbon apple cider wicked brew. There's uh, uh, you have to heat up your apple cider and put apples and cinnamon and honey and bring it to a boil and let that cool and then you put your bourbon in and garnish with uh, an apple that uh, was in the brew so it's very tasty it's mm -hmm. nice and sweet what do you say girls how, how do you like yours oh it's yummy yeah very nice well, i um, like it yeah. i like it i like warming. it yeah mm -hmm. warm honey bourbon apple cider wicked brew yes <laughs> scary Scary. It was very good. I liked it very much. Yeah, I did too. Okay. All right. And it's got bourbon in it. Let's just point that out. Well, I didn't put a lot of bourbon in mine, so yeah. 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 You know yeah. how I feel I about put that. I vanilla bourbon in mine, and it's yummy. I give it seventeen bongs. <laughs> I give it. 
Oh, there's no more bonging anymore. I'm oh. sorry. We're all done. Okay. Bonged out. I'll be I'll be ra well, I'll be rating each story this evening with the bongs from the creepy awesome. haunted town ambiance. Maybe That's back in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> really. Um, all right. All right. Oh, here we go. We're gonna get started. So um I have had several spooky things happened to me. I'm going to say the majority of them actually happened at Cotty College, but we're going to do a whole um, episode on that. So pretend like I didn't say anything about Cotty, okay? So <laughs> um, probably one of the most, the strangest things that ever happened to me was um, Rob used to work for a, my husband, Robert, used to work for a um, winery. Um, there was, they had one in, in Branson, and then the, the home, the actual one was actually in Augusta, Missouri. And so um, we were um, lucky enough to actually stay in the vineyard house that was built uh, in the 1800s. And we stayed a couple of times. It was really beautifully renovated. Um, the downstairs, lots of open windows. The upstairs had a jacuzzi. There were at least two bedrooms, I feel like. As big as that house was, there was another one, but at least two bedrooms upstairs. Um, it just beautiful. Um, lots of rock and, like I said, you know, um, columns uh, that opened up into the vineyard, you know, so it was a beautiful house. However, they made the mistake of telling me that it was haunted. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, we found out that um, the house actually uh, was a speakeasy. Um, back during Prohibition, they ripped out all of the vines during Prohibition, if you can imagine that. And um, there was a um, tunnel that actually led from the house uh, so people could get away, all right? Well, so the first time we stayed, we stayed in an upstairs room. It didn't really have an experience other than I was just uncomfortable because somebody had told me it was haunted, right? We didn't really hear anything. We didn't really see anything, but I did not sleep well. All right. Mm -hmm. So um, the, the second time we went, we stayed in the second upstairs bedroom, which um, I felt was a little more welcoming. It was real, again, lots of windows and open and everything, which at night, I guess is kind of spooky, but um, it was still just nice, nicely done bed and breakfast style kind of room. Right. So, at some point, Rob and I both woke up uh, separately. Now, I just heard voices. I heard voices enough that it woke me up. I didn't, they weren't in the room. It sounded like they were downstairs. I kind of sat up a little bit and listened and I didn't hear anything. And then of course, I had a really hard time going back to sleep. Well, Rob woke up uh, at one point and the next morning he told me that he had heard piano playing and card playing. And I don't, you guys know Rob. I mean, he's, he, he doesn't really go in for that kind of stuff, but he, he, it woke him up. Whatever he heard woke him up enough that, that um, he felt like he actually heard something. So um, the next morning uh, he had a, a meeting uh, at the winery and I stayed at the house um, I kind of stayed behind and, and I, you know, stripped the bed and cleaned up after ourselves, cleaned the kitchen and everything. And I was, um, I was in the kitchen 
um, when I felt a presence behind me and it didn't touch me. It wasn't mean. It wasn't malicious. It was just made the hair on the back of my neck stand up, um, on my arms. I just felt strange. And so I, um, <laughs> I got a blanket and I went outside and I sat on, um, the side of the vineyard on that blanket until Rob's meeting was over because every time I went back into that house to either throw the laundry into the dryer or unload the dishwasher or whatever, I had that exact same experience. The hair on uh, my forearm stood up. Um, I felt like somebody was standing just right behind me and right beside me. And uh, it made me super uncomfortable. And I mean, nothing happened. There was no, you know, nobody touched me or pushed me or anything like that. But um, it was, uh, it was uncomfortable enough that I decided to spend the day. And luckily, it was a beautiful day out in the vineyard, um, probably with some apple juice. <laughs> I don't think we had any wine, but uh, no anyway. cider. No, maybe cider. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I, I did. I sat out there probably for a good two and a half hours waiting for Rob to get back. So oh, wow. that's, so I, I know that's nothing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> one bomb. So, one. no, well, it's got a, the, there is another Okay, one. two bombs. Um, so when, did you go back in later after Rob got there? Oh, yeah. Or what? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because all of our stuff was inside. And so, of course, I told him, I said, you know, you're going to laugh at me, but I did not go back into the house after you left. And he was like, what? <laughs> I said, there there's something in there. And I, you know, I just, it, it, like I said, it wasn't mean. It wasn't malicious. I just kind of stood there. I felt like it was just standing there breathing on me almost. Maybe wanted to see what you were doing. I guess. So I don't know if it was somebody from the speakeasy or I, you know, I have no idea. And I wish I knew more about the house uh, itself. I did try to look it up to see if um, there was any information, but it's a private house. So they don't have anything on their website about it necessarily. Hmm. But anyway, that my short little my short little scary story. Okay. Hold on. All right. I remember that. <laughs> I remember your that story. Yeah, it was scary. I mean, it really was to be there by myself. Oh, I'm yeah. glad it wasn't nighttime because that would have. I don't know what I would have done. Real. Yeah. Oh, it was so suggestion. This isn't my story, but. Um, I've got a friend here in South Carolina that has a family beach house that's like 100 years old. So we all went and I slept on the couch and they just mentioned before, you know, everybody went to sleep and left me out there by myself that it was haunted. Oh, and I, I did not, my eyelids did not close all night long. Uh, I <laughs> so, hear you. I God. hear you. Yeah. Didn't see the inside of your eyelids like, like no. And I turned lights on. I'm just mm -hmm. like, I don't care who laughs at me. I am not. Oh my God, it was miserable. Anyway, yeah. 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 yeah that's like my night at the Crescent when I <laughs> yeah. couldn't. So I just turned, I turned the TV on. I turned the lights on the bathroom. <laughs> I turned the light on the closet. I turned everything. Yeah. Tried to get the lady next door to come sleep with me. She wouldn't do it. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Okay, so that's my little spooky story. Um, Dina, are you ready? Do you want to go next? Sure. So my um, my scariest story, or it wasn't really scary, just craziest story, was actually from Shepherd of the Hills. And once again, we plan on doing a show on that. So I can't tell it right now. I also have several Cotty stories, but 
can't do those either. So <laughs> I'm going to tell you a couple of uh, grandpa, grandpa, grandma, and grandpa Jones stories. So when we were living on Lewis Street, um, grandma had just passed away. It's recent. I'm not sure how recently. And grandpa was still in the nursing home. And um, it was always really hard for me to go see him because I had small children and I had small boys. And if you've ever had small boys, they don't stay quiet for long, nor do they stay still, especially that middle one. He was a crazy person and still is. So yes, he is. Um, I was in the kitchen. Yes, he is. I was in the kitchen doing something. I don't remember what I was at doing. At the Lewis house? Um, and I was thinking to myself. At the Lewis house, yeah. Okay. Right. I also to to say today. for our listeners, the Lewis house is in Forsyth on the same street okay. as Deidre and mom and everything. And mom. Okay. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. What she said. What okay. she said. The Lewis house <laughs> is in Forsyth <laughs> next to mom and Deidre. Yeah. We had the whole neighborhood. Like a town. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. I was, uh, I was thinking we've got to go see grandpa tomorrow. I think it was a Saturday and I usually, we usually went and saw him Sunday after church. And um, I heard something in the living room, a thunk. And so I ran in there because once again, small boys, I was going to see what was broken. Well, there was nobody in there. The cat wasn't in there. Um, I'm not sure if we had a dog at the time, but the cat was not in there. And, um, I went into the living room and looked down and there was a picture frame on the floor and we had a mantle and um, above our fireplace and that's where we had all our like family photographs and I had a picture of grandpa with um, I think it, it was Parker and Peyton I had a picture of him with them sitting on his lap and it was laying face down on the floor. And I was like, okay, Grandma, <laughs> I get it. I'll see you. <laughs> and then my other grandpa, my other grandparent story is before COVID happened, I would go clean my mom's house or our mother's house um, once, uh, once a month. And oh, about the, probably the second or third time, um, she's got two stories, so I wouldn't always do both stories, and I hadn't done the downstairs yet, so I went downstairs to dust and clean down there, and I was in the corner by the pool table, which was Grandpa's spot, because Mom lives in the house that Grandma and Grandpa built, um, and so downstairs was kind of Grandpa's domain, and I was downstairs cleaning, and some but he pulled my hair at the nape of my neck. And I know it was Grandpa Joe. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Oh. So wow. I think he was just telling me he was there. Yeah. And I yeah. went up and told mom and she was like, you can't tell me stuff like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh. yeah. uh, there's all your bongs, Dina. You, well, Dina knows a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bong. All right. Oh. There we and go. moving along. That was sweet. That was a, yeah. I don't know that I've ever heard the one, the first one. That was sweet. Yeah, I had never heard the first one. Thank you. All right. So, well, hey Pam, what you got to tell us? Oh goodness. Well, I got a couple, but my first one is uh, about the Cherokee Indian Reservation, where I worked for many years under the employ of Unto These Hills Outdoor Drama. Okay. And uh, the theater was called the Mountainside Theater. And um, we were housed 
in a small area behind the theater. So we walked 500 feet to work. And then when we got off work, we walked our 500 feet back and we were in our housing. So the, the housing was adjacent to the theater. Mm -hmm. And let me just interject that their parties yeah. were glorious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we did have fabulous parties. We had yes. fabulous parties. Yes, you did. Um, but uh, for our listeners that may not know that much about summer stock or outdoor theater, let me just say that um, oftentimes you would do your socializing and your drinking and regaling with your friends after the show. So if the show comes down at 10, you're out of your costumes at 11, you get a grab yourself a bite to eat, and then by 12 o'clock, people are ready to start hanging. And so you hang and eat somebody's house or in the road or you go walk back <laughs> to the theater, you sit on a porch or whatever. And um, uh, because we loved each other so much, you know, our, our calendars, our, our clocks would just flip. So we would stay up until 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and sleep until noon. Because we didn't have second jobs, we uh, would get up then and uh, do our thing in the afternoon. There was always dance class. We had dinner, and then we'd go back to work again six nights a week, uh, except on Sundays. So uh, this particular story is about, uh, it didn't happen to me, but I witnessed the uh <laughs> i witnessed it uh from the fellow and i thought okay something definitely happened to this young man and i am not going to question it and i'm not going to poo poo any of this um so anyway we were rehearsing um we had a, a second show like a midnight studio that we would rehearse plays that we would do for ourselves in the evenings on saturday night so we'd do a show until 11 and then if we weren't partying with our friends we'd go to a rehearsal from like you know one to three or four in the morning we were teching our annual dance concert the dance concert happened at the end of the season um, generally the last couple of weeks of the run of the show. We ran usually 10 to 12 weeks, starting from the middle of June to the end of August, just in time for students to go back to school. So we were rehearsing our, uh, our teching, our dance concert. Well, in, in tech, for those of you that may not know, it's a lot of stopping and starting. It's a whole lot of sitting around and waiting and sitting around and waiting and because, <laughs> because we could, and nobody was restricting us. We would, you know, maybe drink a beer or something while we're taking the show. Not ah. performing or dancing or rehearsing. That my rep my repertory experience was not like that. Go <laughs> ahead. Well, we we had uh, we kind of had the world by a string and yeah. during those days. But anyway, so um, it was uh, you know between that one o'clock to three o'clock in the morning time. And we had run out of beer. So I was seeing this young man and I said, well, why don't you run back down to my cottage and get us some more beers and bring and come back. And so he did, I gave him the key and he went down to my house. And um, when he walked back in, this young man <laughs> was as white as a sheet. His eyes were hugely wide and he just looked at me and I said, Tom, what is the matter? And he said, it's your house. And I said, what about my house? 
And he said, well, there was something in the hallway. And I said, what do you mean there was something in the hallway? Well, to a little bit of background about the cottage and living on a Cherokee Indian reservation. As we know, Native Americans and Native, Native cultures have legends. Right. And they have stories that get perpetuated. And um, when I moved into the house, the tenants that were before me said that there was a definite sensation that they could feel on occasion that was a, uh, a coolness. Now, the, the cottages were small. They were two bedrooms, one bath, a kitchen, and a, and a living room. And you walk in the front door, and you're facing the little hallway that went to either bedroom. And uh, then the bathroom was off to the side there, too. And where, um, wh where that hallway was was a long mirror. It was like a two feet by six feet mirror. So when you walked in, you could see your reflection as uh, at the end of that little tiny hallway. Okay, so uh, so the <laughs> the slaughters <laughs> that was the name of the people that lived there before me slaughter. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> they said, uh, well, now uh, you know there's nothing to be alarmed about. Uh, it's never nothing's ever really happened, but there you will feel maybe some sensations. And I thought, oh, you know, you're crazy. This happened at two years after I had been staying in this house. So when Tom walked in and his eyes were big as plates and he said, uh, there's something in your house. I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, the hallway. And I said, what do you mean? Be specific. And then he proceeded to say that he felt as he was getting the beers out of the fridge, he was starting to turn the corner to go to the door, to the left, to the front door. And he felt something to his right. He turned and something passed in front of his reflection and the mirror. And there was a coolness that he mm. said, it scared the BGBs out mm -hmm. of me. Yeah. And he couldn't get out of there quick enough and up to uh, back to the canteen where we were having rehearsal. Mm, wow. Ooh. Now, yeah. in subsequent times, I then, I had to sleep there. Yeah. <laughs> so I would just you know, close my eyes and go, okay, there are probably many spirits on this hill in these mountains where the Cherokee survived those that weren't taken on the Trail of Tears in 1836, all that, all that history. You know, there's nothing to say that there wasn't something there, but I would just breathe. And um, I never had any sensations in that house but I know for a fact that that young man was so shook up when he came back <laughs> and recounted this story so that's the first story that I have to tell oh, oh, hey. very much that's, that's a good one I like those kinds oh Wait. bongs bong oh no that's you got a, a wolf man Sorry. Okay. Oh, well, that was a good one. Yeah, that was spooky. I enjoyed that one very much. Well, thank you. All right. Okay. Dawn. Okay. So here's your first one. My first one. Um, this was in the cabin that we lived in in Tennessee. Because oh. just like Deidre and Dina, my Missouri spooky stories are at Cotty and Shepherd. 
So, you know, we're going to do episodes on this. So we lived on a farm in a little town called Greenbrier, Tennessee, and it's um, where my son was not actually born in that cabin, but that's where when he was born, that's where we lived. And it was 54 acres, a log cabin. Um, at that point, things were fine-ish, kind of. It was um, great. I love that house, by I the way. Let I, I just, that whole great. farm was so great. And great house. The spookiest story is the divorce and subsequent court battle. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, um, uh, so the ritual when Jacob was like two, and Jacob was very um, verbal. Like he, he was really talking in sentences um, when he was really young he talked in sentences before he walked or crawled. I mean, that verbally was his thing. And so he would, um, in the mornings, uh, he would, you know, I'd hear him go, mama. And I would go in and get him and put him in bed with us. And we'd have some, you know, mom and dad and kid time. And then so we'd sweet. start our day. Yeah. That's it was very sweet. sweet. And so one weekend I remember it was a weekend because we could sleep in um um it, Jacob was just talking and giggling and I mean 10 minutes he was just talking and then there'd be a pause and then he'd just laugh and you know whatever so finally after like 10 minutes he goes mama and so I came in and got him and I said Jacob who were you talking to now um his dad's grandparents were, we called them Papa and Nino, but uh, Papa was Jake, my Jacob, the one that I had, that I birthed all by myself, was, uh, is James Jacob the fifth. So that Papa would have been James Jacob the fifth or third. Second. Second. Oh, third. You're right, it is. I'm, I'm having trouble with numbers. Anyway, um, so Nino had passed away about a month before that. Papa had passed away, I think, the year before. But anyway, when I went in to get Jacob and I said, Jacob, who were you talking to? And I get really teary-eyed about this. He goes, I was talking to Nino and she said she loved me and I'm a good boy. Oh, oh, my God. oh. And Jake and I were like, I mean, we were just floored. And that was that. And so, you know, Jacob had a guardian angel and I never dissuaded him from anything like that because I, I, I have had experiences and who's to say right. anything. Right. So just a minute, I got to give my own self some bongs. Hold on. Oh. <laughs> oh, it's just wind, but that was a good one. That was a good one. Oh, good so one. I'm gonna, um, let me, um, I'll just uh, finish up that story. I had some really, uh, after our divorce, which was really uh, not pleasant. I know divorces aren't, but this one was especially not pleasant. Um, I had some other experiences in that house that were um, not as pleasant as that one. And so, um, and I don't know, so the, I'm just saying all that because I don't know if it was my own state of mind and emotion or whatever, but anyway. Uh, after we moved out, um, I came back a couple months later to have lunch with the people at the farm next door that we were really close to. Like the grandma of that farm was my, Jacob's um, daycare. So really close. And they, sh 
she had a daughter that lived in a house kind of across the holler from us and her son was born the day before Jacob and her daughter was four. I mean, we were really, really close with them and, and they had all the kids had grown up on, on their farm. So mm -hmm. they had me over for lunch and we were all sitting around after lunch kind of talking and I was sharing that story. <laughs> One of the daughters goes, well, you know, you know, this whole place is haunted. And I was like, what? And she goes, oh yeah, when we were growing up, there was an old black man in overalls that used to sit on our beds at night. Oh, and wow. I was like, oh, I am so glad you didn't tell me that when I lived there <laughs> because, oh my God. And they're like, wow. yeah, he never heard us. We just wake up and he'd be there. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's my point is that even if there are spirits around us, what is to say they're, they mean to do us harm? Oh, right. yeah. Right. They right. don't mean to well, do us harm. They're just there. Mm -hmm. You know. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that kind of brings me to my second story, which is also even shorter and sweeter than my last one. Um, and mine is about our dad. Um, and uh, this actually happened. It happened a lot not long after he passed away. Um, uh, but it hasn't happened in a very long time. So one of my most mem memorable times is I was, I was driving in town, driving. I was in my car, headed to my house. I was almost, you know, to the four-way stop, you know, to take the, the little, you guys know what I'm talking about. You, well, Pam, you don't, but okay, taking the little, you know, exit. I, uh, dad had a, a very, um, uh, he, he would wear the same cologne. And then he was also a smoker. And so there was a very rustic kind of, to me, you know, rugged dad smell, you know, whenever he was around and it was just dad. Well, so um, anyway, I was uh, about almost in front of the hardware store, I guess. And I, I smelled him. And I mean, it wasn't just like, oh, kind of a whiff. I mean, it was, he was right there next to me. And so I just, I talked to him for a little bit and, um, you know, got to the house and said, hey, you know, I'm, I got to get out of the house. I got to get out now. I love you. And, and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, then it just kind of, I didn't smell it anymore. But that has happened to me. I mean, he passed away in 2008, Eight. probably. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like that probably happened to me half a dozen times um, wow. in the time that he passed away and... I don't, I don't know, you know, sometime after. Um, and in different, I mean, you know, it happened um, once at mom's house, um, you know, but it, I thought it was really strange that it happened in my car of all places. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't remember if he had ever been in that car um, mm. at that time or not. But anyway, that I, I, I always, you know, would, anytime it happened, I'd just talk to him and tell him that we missed him. And I love oh. him, so. That's yeah. that's my short and sweet. Okay, uh, I'm not bonging anymore. I'm just right. exhausted. No, that's okay. that's not a. It wasn't worth a bong. No, <laughs> bong. That's not a good bong. Okay, so Dina. Oh. Dina. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Okay, so this next one involves my husband. Um, we were living in the house on Wayland. We had just got. We had not been married for very long, um, and we had just seen scream 
and we had seen it in the movie theater. And if you remember, that was a very scary movie. I mean, for its time, it was very scary. Yeah. So it was just him and I, uh, and we were going to bed, and we were getting ready to go to sleep, and we heard this huge thump from the other room. And I looked at him and went, go see what that was. And he and looked at me and he went, you go see what that was. <laughs> you go see what that was. <laughs> and so I had to get up and go see what that was. Oh. <laughs> yes. I had to go and it was, we had, it wasn't even anything scary, but we had a Lucille Ball picture um, hanging above our commode in the bathroom and it had picked that moment to fall off the wall and it was a big one it was like a poster size oh, man. So that's what it was but yes my protective husband you go see what that was yeah right and let's i still give him crap the, about that let's go back to the whooping in the bigfoot right <laughs> yeah all right all good. right good all right. Yeah, that was a that was a funny one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Pam, you ready for your next one? Yes, I am. Okay. This is another uh, Cherokee, North Carolina story. Um, and since I told you a little bit about our housing environment, now the the theater itself is uh, built into a, a valley in the side of the mountain, and uh, and uh, they light it. So from behind, there's all these, the, the whole mountain behind the theater gets lit up and the big finale and all that. So it's all, it's all very beautiful. It's uh, used to seat, um, I guess, 3,000 people. Wow. It was huge, absolutely huge. Mm -hmm. And um, so this was uh, back in the, uh, oh gosh, pre, in the 80s, I guess. This, was, this story would have happened in the 80s. So um, uh, every once in a while, every, you know, I, would there, I, I worked there for many years. And so every year or so, um, it seemed like um, the spirits would be a little more active than other years or uh, people were more sensitive to them, or there were more uh, stories like, well, the dryer turned off in the, in the costume shop and the clothes are all still wet and I know I turned it on kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I turned off the lights and they were, they were on when I went back in the room. And uh, things have moved, you know, wigs get moved from one room to the other. Mm -hmm. Now that's a weird one, you know, when wigs get moved from one room to the other, you know, so there's, there's uh, 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 some years were more active with, um, with stories than others. And this particular year, there was uh, a lot of those kinds of events, a lot of happenings, you know, something isn't where I left it, <coughs> something was turned on that I sure I turned off and all, all the like. And so um, the native women uh, or the natives, uh, uh, <laughs> would um, rationalize this as, well, it's the little people. Oh. And okay, what's mm -hmm. the little people? Yeah. The little yeah. people is a legend, much like fairies and pixies and mm -hmm. other cultures and, and uh, areas of the world. And they would just move things and play tricks on you. Um, but there is also a little darker side to uh, the hijinks that
the little people. And there's a, I have a book in here that was written by a Cherokee back in the 70s, I think, about the little the legend of the little people and where they started. And I won't get into all that. So so there was all this talk about the little people and um, and things were just real active this particular year. Well, um, my my job was uh, I was in the early part of the show and then the second half of the show I was not in and could go watch the end of the show from the top of the house. So there was a path from the backstage area that would go around and snake around and about and it was called the snake path. Of course Not it was. Snakes on it, but because there were all these switchbacks and it was really, really steep and you had to have a little flashlight with you and mm. so that the audience wouldn't see you and so you could find your way in, uh, in the snake path. And it wasn't that long. It wasn't very long. But, uh, but it was uh, when, you, when you stepped out of behind the, uh, the wagon, there was this uh, certain set piece that was called the wagon. You were really in no man's land until you got to the... the uh, house left, uh, house right uh, concession stand. So uh, all these stories were happening. Things were bubbling. Things was somebody's, you know, something is about to happen. If they happen in threes, right? If something happens in threes, then something's sure bound to happen. Well, unbeknownst to me, I, uh, all these uh, stories were in the air and, um, I, and the local women were talking to us and telling us, it's okay, you just need to be sure not to, not to be out in the woods by yourself and not to be uh, doing <laughs> things you're not supposed to do, right? Okay. So, uh, and part of my job was to get my little flashlight and go up the top of the house and take notes on the, on the last part of the show. Well, this particular night was really everybody was on edge because of all the things that were in the air and what that mm -hmm. was happening. And so I got my flashlight and I very, very cautiously, but quickly flew up that snake path <laughs> as I could so that nothing would grab me or I wouldn't see anything or I wouldn't feel anything or any of that. So I was very methodical. I had my light. I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. I go all, get all the way up and everything is fine. But at the end of the show, I go down and to see my uh, dancer uh, or some of my friends that were with us when we were talking about some of this at intermission. And they looked at me and they said, are you okay? And I said, well, yeah. Are you sh uh, 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 we could have sworn something happened. And I said, what do you mean? Well, the little old lady that was in her 80s, she was the matriarch of this particular family. She was about four foot two. I mean, no. looked like Yoda. And uh, her, her face was really wrinkled and drawn, and she had a little white bun at the base of her neck. Aww. And she, was, uh, she had her blocking. She knew exactly what to do. She was in the show for so many years. She was there long before I came. And so... Um, they said, and her name was Ollie Jumper, and she's the namesake of my little dog that just died in December. Because <laughs> Ollie had white hair, and so did Ollie Jumper. So Ollie Jumper, so when my friends uh, asked me, are you sure you're okay? And I said, yeah. I mean, I was nervous walking up the path, but I got up there fine. There's no worries. And they said, you know why that happened? And I said, no. And they said, 
Ollie walked behind you to the edge of the path and watched you, watched every step you took as I went from the path, up the snake path to get to the top of the house. And when I got to the side uh, where I jumped over the little rail up there, she turned around and walked back. To protect you? She protected me. She protected me walking up the snake path. Of course, when they told me that, that's when my knees went weak and I went, oh my God, you're kidding. (laughs) You're kidding. Ollie protected me on the snake path. That's very sweet. So that's that's my second little story. Hey, Dina (laughs) Dina and I have a snake path at Shepherd of the Hills, but that's because there's copperheads on it. Oh, no. Yes. All right. Well, Pam, that was sweet. I mean, how sweet was that? I wish I had a little Indian woman, Native woman that would... Watch over me. me. I guess Grandma. Grandma kind of does, right? Yeah. Reminded right. me of Miss Dorothy, though, Dawn, right? right? Is that who you thought of? That's yes, totally. Absolutely. I think all outdoor theaters must have a little old lady that's been in the show. That has forever. white hair. And yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Exactly. Okay. Yay. Yay. All right, Dawn. Okay, me. So, so wrap uh, it up for us. I'm going to tell two really quick ones because they're both so short. Okay. Um, one of them is about Grandpa and Deidre. Uh, you will, will remember this. Speaking of cologne, Grandpa wore that god awful cardigan. Oh my god! Immediate car sickness. Immediate. So my memory, Pierre Cardin. Pierre Cardin. Yes. Yes. Okay. Immediately. My memory of that. The reason (laughs) I get car sick is because we would go to Tahlequah, Oklahoma, Uh for the family Uh reunion, and it was all curvy roads back then. And he would and drench himself in it. Drench him, and then mom and dad would be smoking, and oh, all yeah. the windows would be rolled up. It was yeah. horrible. Okay. Yeah. So one day, I was at my office at school, and I had the door closed because I was writing, and um, I was, you know, doing research and writing a chapter, so I was really focused on what I was doing. And I am telling you, it is like someone took Pierre Cardin in a fan and just blew it in my face. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, that's... I mean, I immediately got nauseous. And Deidre, I called you. Do you remember? I'm like, because Grandpa was I still do. alive. And I, I said, call the rest home. you got to call the rest home and see what's going on because... I am telling you, I'm sick to my... So anyway, he was fine, but like, it, it was, it, it reeked. Uh, as a matter of fact, after that, my colleagues came to get me for lunch, and when they opened the door, they're like, what stinks? <laughs> and I was no like, way. oh, I think it was just my grandpa. Oh, God, it was, yeah. <laughs> so where so, were you, Don? What state? Here at Francis Marion. <gasps> really? Yeah. Yeah, it was oh, like, but I'd he was still alive. It. He was, he died maybe oh, two okay. weeks later or something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, wow. yeah. So maybe he was just checking everybody out before, you know, he went on to go wherever he is right now. Um, but the other story I'm going to tell um, that you guys probably don't know, and this is so weird. I just made this connection about a year ago. So for our listening world out there, you may not know that I um uh, research and and uh, owned and operated a Toby Show tent company for years, and um, I played Toby's girlfriend for years and years and years. Um, 
the last two seasons in Branson, I played her. And then I, when I went away to grad school, um, I did my master's thesis and my dissertation on Toby shows. And then I got this big tent show and I toured it for like 10 years. So um, when I was really little, like I would say four or five, four or five, I, you know, I was the oldest. So I'm the only one in the house and we lived in Valley View. And I had an imaginary friend who would visit me at night. And he, his name was something like Fred Farkle, Farkle, or it was like a really goofy name that made me laugh every time. And he'd be like, it's Fred Farkle, Farkle, or whatever his name was. But it was something like that. And I do believe his first name was Fred. I don't know. But anyway, he would visit me and I would play with him. And mom and dad would come in and say, who are you talking to? Um... So, you know, you don't know. Which I mean, house was this? Was this at the barn? Valley View. Uh-uh. At Valley View. Okay. At Valley View. And um, anyway, he was redheaded and freckled faced and he had overalls and a red checkered shirt on. I remember oh, what he looked like. Oh, no way. Yeah. And so wow. I didn't even think about that because, you know, as when you're a kid, you're like, oh, was he imaginary? I don't know. Do mom and dad remember him? I don't know. I have a memory of them open in the door and say, who are you talking to? And I go, Fred Farkle, Farkle, or whatever his name was. <laughs> and he, but the thing I remember the most about him is he always made me laugh. Like I would, you know, he would do silly, stupid stuff that would make me laugh. And I don't know. And then I ended up doing this Toby stuff. And for those of you guys that don't know, Toby is a redheaded, freckle-faced character. So who knows? Oh, that is so Farkle, Farkle. I wish I could remember his real name. Um, yeah, I don't know. That so. is really interesting. I never knew that story. That's a no, because I just made the freaking redheaded connection. <laughs> like I'm like, huh? Oh, hmm. So yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that's very cool. All right. Well, does anybody have any other little fun stories you want to share, or are we done? Well, um, I will say that uh, it went, in those times in Cherokee, I had a, I, I made friends uh, that she auditioned for the show, a local Native American girl who lived on the reservation, and uh, she was really good pals with all of us. And uh, late in later years, we would ask her to come up when we first got there in the summer and smudge. all of our our Mm -hmm. houses so that it would bring in good energy get rid of the bad and bring in the good energy so Mm -hmm. um, so uh yeah 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 i'm i I love the uh the supernatural yeah yeah (laughs) too i think if you grow up in the ozarks it is such and i know i'm romanticizing it but honest to god it is the most beautiful place in the world and there is a real magic about it if you are outside at night yeah. you know, in nature. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's mm-hmm. almost, um, for me, it's almost overwhelming. Like I almost can't breathe sometimes. Yeah. I know. I really enjoy, um, I mean, we live in, you know, town here kind of, and, um, I, uh, I, I will go outside every once in a while and just li- listen to the, you know, cicadas and the crickets and the peepers and, you know, just try to, we even drive down to the park occasionally just to, you know, go look yeah. at the stars or try to catch meteor showers or whatever. And um, it's true. There's just no place like the Ozarks. If no. you, you know, never been here, you should come visit us. Um, if you live here, you know what we're talking about. 
So let me, can I end up with something really sweet along those lines? I suppose. Okay. So I've been gone. I moved away in 87 and um, I had my son in Tennessee and Tennessee is very much like the Ozarks. I mean, right, Pam? I think that's why we gravitate towards there because it looks like it yeah yeah so anyway jacob and i came back one summer to play uh i played aunt molly at shepherd of the hills and um jacob worked for branson airport when deodore worked there and Mm -hmm. as a sky cap and so he used to come over if he got off work you know about the same time i did he would just drive over to the show and hang until i got off work and then we kind of drive home you know one behind the other so one night um all the lights were turned off well i guess not yet i guess there was one light on the stage and what was that donkey's name dina that followed everybody around like a dog yes I was taking Jacob over there to pet him, and Jacob's like, how old was he, Deidre? Like 20, maybe, 19, Uh, something Something like that. Yeah, he was a big kid. I remember coming to visit that year. Well, he had to drive. Yeah, he had to drive. So he was obviously 20, 21, whatever. So right as we we petted Houdini, who was over at the petting zoo, which is kind of like stage left, and you had to walk all the way back across the big, long stage to get to the dressing rooms in our cars, And right as we're approaching the stage, all the lights go out. And Jacob was ahead of me, and so he just stopped dead center stage, and he goes, Mom, stop. And I'm just like, what? And he goes, listen. And I see, I get all weepy about that, too. We don't hear that in South Carolina. We don't hear that. And so we just sat there for 10 minutes on the stage and just listened. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So happy Halloween. Go out and listen. Happy Halloween. Go discover places. Thank you, everybody, for taking time to spend your Halloween time with us. And we hope you have a very safe Halloween. Um, Share some of your spooky stories with us. We're excited to hear them. Don't forget, leave us stars. Stars. We want all the stars. stars. That's right. All the stars. You all take care. Goodbye. Take care. Bye. Bye. And hey, remember, if you liked it, tell all your friends. And if you didn't, keep your big mouth shut. shut.